Hello friends in today's episode I have a special guest Anand Rathi he's the founder reelsandframes.in he started as a freelance wedding photographer doing weddings on the weekend he founded a wedding photography company with a partner but eventually decided to start his own reelsandframes.in last year he was in the news for shooting the wedding of bollywood actress sonam kapoor so let's have a chat with anand hi anand how are you hi navdeep how are you let's start with how long you have been into uh, wedding photography and how did you start it what's your team size where are you based at little brief about uh, you okay um i i've been doing this for the good part of 7 or 8 years now uh, professionally and the first couple of years were just uh, managing it as a side job if you may i was managing treasury for an energy company so it was finance guy by the day and uh, photographer by the weekend and that routine went on for a couple of years and one fine day i just decided to take the leap of faith i went full time and now my resume is dented beyond repair so i i'm stuck to this happily stuck to this rather I've been doing this for a, with a team of about twenty plus uh, individuals who, who much like me, are all self-trained photographers, videographers, editors. So the entire company is powered by YouTube, powered by the internet. We work out of Bombay. Uh, we have an office at Nariman Point, but as you can imagine, wedding photography as a job takes us to different places. Uh, so we've been fortunate enough to shoot in. i guess now 22 countries and five continents and counting uh, until corona gets over so this was us this this is a little bit of numbers on us and yeah that's that's a little bit about us okay so um, when did you uh, you know form this company like how many years like initially like you said two years was you were managing it alone along with your job so so what was the timeline uh, of all this transformation um so i think 2013 is when i formed my first company 2015 is uh so 2012 i formed my first company 2013 i formed my second 2015 i formed my third so the first 3 years there was a lot of restructuring in terms of uh uh the corporate structure if you can call it that we're still a small company but the structure still holds valid right so the first 2 3 years were teething years if you can say so i've also had a partnership in between and my partner moved to goa so there were things that we learned around uh, on the course so uh, what i understand is that from 2012 or 2013 you started it as a full time company maybe one or yes. two companies you formed in between right yeah yeah okay okay and what's your current uh, team composition of 20 people like so uh, we are a company that offers photography and videography both which is something we or at least i felt that i needed as a groom so when i was getting married i was like nah i can't hire a photographer and a videographer and then basically settle their arguments in the middle of my affair i i don't want to be doing that so if i don't want to be doing that other people also must be coming in that frame of mind so while we initially started as a photography only company uh the idea is that we are trying to deliver wedding memories right so why stop there and also this is indie cinema so there is no set rules there there's you you don't have to learn lighting uh using a ari sun you're you're mostly working with available lighting right mm-hmm. so you can pick up that skill so we started uh the video front 
with a uh, with a very indie approach if you may call it that uh, we still are very indie uh, the video team is possibly about uh, a little more than half of the entire team uh, that is because post production of video does require a bit more effort than photo and then we have photographers in the team we have hr in the team uh, we have a couple of people who do our production uh, they just sort of line up everything around the shoot um, and then uh, within the team we have directors who are sort of the experts uh, of their respective trade uh, they 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 lead the team they also interface with the clients uh, understand how we can personalize customize the photography experience for each and every client at least that's a sincere effort we make and then i am there who does everything i'm the chai wala <laughs> to the pn <laughs> to the ceo <laughs> okay okay so it's kind of a half half of composition of uh, videographers and your photographers like around yes each yes. and, and how many uh, in house production guys like who do editing and they never move out with you uh traveling well the entire team is is in house um but uh the number of people who are just core editors like they they are dedicated to that is is maybe three or four but then again most people are multitaskers like most editors will know how to color or some editors are also shooting or some shooters are also editing a little bit so we encourage that sort of environment because you're all self taught right so mm-hmm. everybody picks up whatever they want to mm-hmm. we've used canon to start with we were nikon for a long time we are sony um anything and everything so we as a company have a lot of techy people uh, you know people who've come from engineering background so everybody wants the latest greatest gear that is out there we love experimenting we've shot with black magic uh, cinema 6k i guess yeah so gear is we are, while we own our own gear entirely but at the same time we don't hesitate renting out anything that catches our fancy okay no as such uh, brand favorites like i am a canon guy nikon or sony guy nothing nothing of that sort no there is no i'm i'm brand agnostic uh, to be honest firstly what's what's your favorite camera and uh, under single lens let's say if you have to shoot what would be your your setup single camera lens so camera i can't say because uh, as I, i strongly believe most cameras will take care of 95% of the situations that i'm going to shoot true i want to shoot uh, low noise the, most cameras at a certain level will take care of that so on and so forth lensing i i do have an answer there i think 35 mm is my favorite lens for like now 6 7 years now it's just it's become that sticky girlfriend that <laughs> There are other people. They have their merits, but you just can't get over that first one. So, thirty-five so is is a is, is a great focal length because um, Indian weddings do tend to get crowded a lot. So it gives you the opportunity to go in the crowd and then uh, go wide at the same time, and uh, you can control the distortion a little bit. So if you, if you are running out of lenses uh, at at a quick portrait session, you can still sort of get away with shooting with the thirty-five. Oh. So 35 all the way. 35. I guess my person also is is 35. Like it can do. 35. Uh, a sort of an all rounder. You know, you can go close, you it can is. go wide. So yeah, wide variety of shots. Variety, okay, so, yeah, exactly. So tell me, when you started out, you know, as a single person, then into a team. Now looking back, what do you feel? You know, what were your initial mistakes or lessons you have learned, which you 
might want to pass on to other photographers who are starting out. You know, these are the things you shouldn't be doing. Like, I'll give it a slight different spin, if if I may. Uh, mm-hmm. I can share what I I think I should have concentrated on at the very beginning. I still concentrate on those three things. Okay. Um, equally by the uh-huh. way the, the important stress is i should have concentrated on them equally okay. uh, one is innovation mm-hmm. one is customer relationship mm-hmm. and third is a brand value or or marketing or branding whatever you call it so innovation customer relationship and branding okay now most beginners i feel only focuses at, at innovation Mm-hmm. They'll click the best pictures out there. They'll spend a lot of time, uh, you know, come up with some beautiful art. But the customer relation quotient is missing. Um, the deadlines are all over the place. Um, the the way they dress or the way the the way one dresses, the uh, simple WhatsApp text to an email, mm-hmm. those are those are things that go on to make a good customer relationship. And of course, branding and marketing. You. This is digital age, so discovery is quite fast, which means your competitors can also be discovered very fast. Hence, you need to have a certain minimum level of uh, branding and marketing activity going on at whichever level you are. You just cannot afford to, or you cannot get into the phase where you're like, oh, well, I'll, my product will speak for itself. I wish photographs had a mouth then they would have done a great job at marketing. But unfortunately, you have to do that for them. Correct. So um, uh, when you started out, so these things were there, but not at the level you wanted to, or you were not aware of, or how have, how the things have changed in terms of these three, three things from 2013 to uh, 2020? That's a great question. So I can tell you 2011 is when I got married. And when I went out to search for wedding photographers for my own wedding, uh, branding or marketing was so low. I could find like 10 photographers who were maintaining their websites well. And I'd just come back from US and I was used to seeing all things, you know, very nice like websites and very good contact us pages and good correspondence. And here I was, you know, I left emails to few of them. I got reply after 20 days. So I've... I, I think that was like, that, that was an immediate moment that, okay, if ever I get into this, that is one thing I'm going to fill up that one gap of communication or marketing. So that was one, uh, in terms of innovation, 2012, 13, fortunately, I think were the years where the innovation curve was just taking off. We had Canon 5D Mark three that was launched, Mark two and Mark three were launched. And suddenly this whole era of, I can own a DSLR at a reasonable price started. Mm-hmm. So fantastic times, um, which weren't there, say, back in, say, 2005, I would assume. So fortunately, that era was there. And now it's gone to the next level where, uh, you know, it's not just one company innovating on one product every year. It's like phone market. Every six months, you will hear of some cutting edge innovation happening. So technology has changed in a good way. Uh, Presentability slash marketing slash brand awareness has changed in a good way. You'd be surprised. I still feel that customer relationship has not changed at all. I still see so many people or so many, you know, youngsters making the same mistake that, uh, you know, I'll just give my client some extra images and why bother telling him on, uh, you know, it's a typical Indian attitude where in a meeting that is decided at 10 o'clock, uh-huh. you will hear somebody message at 10 o'clock running late. 
No, no, you were running late at 9.30. <laughs> you, are, you are now informing that you are running late. So, and, and you know, so that's, that's a classic mistake. A lot of photographers also do. I, I see people who just over deliver after a timeline, assuming that it will compensate. Unfortunately, you can just, it doesn't sometimes. And you can also just say before the timeline that, listen, I'm going to exceed my timeline. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. So these little professional tricks out of the book can still go a long way. They will, I think we will converge to Western standards there. And what about the branding part? So how it has evolved in the last seven or eight, 10 years now? It has, uh, I mean, you've been a participant of the industry for a long time. So I think you can throw more light, but just a simple thing and no offense against any of our clients, but in general, the, the way clients used to look at wedding photographers, um, say in 2012 or 13 versus now, has drastically changed. I have seen days where we were asked to travel not by air, by train. Uh, we've been requested to eat not at the same buffet as the guest. Uh, we've been given super substandard hotels. Uh, but again, I don't blame the clients because they were possibly hiring a photographer say 20 years after, you know, one generation after first so mm-hmm. their wedding photographer now my daughter's wedding photographer so for for them to understand this 20 year gaps takes a while and we sure. as a community have done exceedingly well in the service the value the art that we have provided the clients have quickly come to the pace that fair enough you guys actually do substantial work for my wedding so let me reciprocate my reciprocate that in my behavior so that's a big leap i think very big leap so you might be branding your company yourself in a certain way uh, eight, nine years back. And now you're doing it in a different way. So I'm trying to connect my original question, you know, uh, the sort of mistakes, you call it mistakes or the way we, we worked in 2012 or 11 and now we are working. So according to you, what has changed for you uh, over the years in terms of all the three things you have mentioned, the how you either one of them or some of them were missing or they were not up to the mark. Uh, now you feel it in the hindsight. So how that transformation has, let's say branding, you know, it, Facebook was everything at that time, right? You, you have a yes. Facebook page, you have a DSLR, you are a photographer, right? So that was, yeah. that was everything. That was your toolkit, right? Right. But now, in fact, you know what you're saying? Uh, exactly that. So branding uh, back in 2013 meant first name, space, last name, slash photography. That, that page existed. Everybody had that one page. Uh, everybody had a 50mm 1.8, which is the cheapest lens available, which could have a shallow depth of field. And there you go. That, that is it. And, and a flowery caption. Uh, branding now uh, means so many things. Like what you look like. That's a part of your branding. That's a part of your physical presence. How your studios are like. I see so many brilliant workspaces that people have made. Uh, how they're presenting their content to the client. How they... Um, how they're packaging their content to the client. You know, earlier it used to be, I've seen albums come in like plastic uh, bags uh, mm-hmm. being delivered. Decent True. album, but being delivered in a plastic bag. And now just look at album packaging. They look like uh, you know, a lot of effort has gone into making them. So uh, presentation has largely improved. Your communication, I guess, is also a big part of the branding, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 you just don't communicate on SMSs or WhatsApp anymore with clients. It's contracts and very formal communication. People are client relationship managers. So that 
that concept didn't exist in 2013. There was no concept of a client relationship manager. And in terms of branding, we've seen some of the photographers actually evolve as their own personal brand. I think 2012-13, there only used to be uh, Raja and Badal Jain, which were, which had a status, you know, that, oh, these guys are, you know, like celebrities of their own space, if I can use that word. Mm-hmm. But you've seen much, many more come uh, in these years, which is great because that recognition is coming from the clients. It's, it's not something that you just go down and proclaim that I am a celebrity photographer. Somebody has to say it for you. And a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that, that recognition itself means that the branding activity has ramped. If a prospective client, uh, you know, sends a WhatsApp message or some SMS. Uh, hmm. So how, how do you guys handle it? You know, obviously you can't just ignore it. So, so there are some subtle ways to, you know, handle WhatsApp inquiries. I love those inquiries. I want one candid and two traditional photographers. I love those inquiries. Almost reminds me of uh, when I go by with the grocery one kg tomato and two kg potato kind of, <laughs> uh, and, and, and obviously, you know, somebody who's, who's coming with that sort of a mindset is just possibly uninformed of, uh, what the space is. And it's not their fault, to be honest, I mean, mm-hmm. they're getting married for the first time, hopefully. Uh, so it's, so, so, so they're coming to terms with, you know, how to, how to approach, uh, mm-hmm. so what we try and then tell them is, you know, here is our website, please have a look and let's have a call. Let's get to discuss your requirements. Mm-hmm. Once they have a look at the website, immediately we understand that, you know, in the first go, they actually didn't even have a pro- had a proper look at the website and hence they, they spoke in such loose denominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try and direct all our clients to our website, even if they have seen it superficially, we want them to thoroughly see it. And then the conversation is very easy. Yeah, so it's it's a kind of a balance of not straight away educating them. Okay, you know, no, you go, you got to visit the website, and these are our procedures. It's it's like subtle way of uh, moving the conversation to more acceptable and more professional moves, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, so wedding photography, obviously, it's an art. It's a it's a business. So what's what's your view of balancing out the creativity as the business and the business aspect of it? Like, what what are your views on that? Fortunately, I'm getting to balance the business aspect of it more now compared to concentrating on the creative aspect, which doesn't mean I'm not concentrating on the creative, but I can now afford to spend more of my time in streamline streamlining the business, which which is what um, every wedding photographer needs to do on some sort of a schedule basis. What I mean by that is, um, say on a fortnightly basis or on a monthly basis, you must Mm. dedicate a day or two where you're only looking at the business side of photography. You're looking at your market presence. You're looking at your, you you know, you know how, what kind of pricings you're pricing, you're maintaining your taxation, everything that most photographers don't want to look at. Mm-hmm. You should be looking at and in a very scheduled way. It should not be in a need basis. Oh, it's March 31st. Let me figure out how taxes work. <laughs> it can't be that. Or, oh, I just saw someone else's code template. Oh, this looks wonderful. I'm doing everything wrong. Let me just redo mine right from the start. So though, if you, if you take out few scheduled time slots every now and then, that 
will help you concentrate on the business side. The art side of it, fortunately, Navdeep, I feel most people who choose to become photographers, uh, they have a reason. It's again, like that first love, right? Mm. They, they can all remember for whatever reason they picked up the camera the first time they did. Uh, I've come across people who wanted to shoot music concerts. Their love was just being in that concert, capturing that energy. Somebody wanted to shoot fashion, wedding, whatever it is. So anytime uh, somebody feels that the, the tipping point is becoming business, where you feel you're becoming more businessman than the artist, my suggestion would be, please just go back and do whatever you, or whatever got you into photography the first, or at least remember that. And it will just lighten the mood right there and then. It will, it will be like remembering your first love. And that's never a bad feeling. <laughs> okay. do, you, do you feel photographers uh, are not getting aligned with the creativity part? Because I feel most of them concentrate on the photography part. You know, what are the current trends? You know, how to, uh, you know, do X, Y, Z style of photography. But the business aspect or the business side of things you said, you know, like uh, a monthly, whatever journaling you call it, you know, or, you know, uh, you sit around and then you maybe talk with your team or sit alone, you know, how is our marketing going? How is our pricing going? I don't, I don't think many people think of in, in those directions. So that's what, I mean, if I can uh, share, there is a bunch of websites right now running enough free courses on Academy and likes of those where Udemy, they'll run business 101 courses, right? And all business 101 courses look the same. They mm. talk about, uh, they, they talk about your accounting, they talk about your finance, they talk about your branding. These are basic or pricing for that matter. So you cannot just hide under a blanket and say, oh, listen, I'm a photographer. So uh, let the world align in a way that my finances are taken care of. It, it doesn't work like that. And that's a classic mistake actually most uh, beginners make. Mm. Understanding cash flows, for example, it's a simple thing but can be a make or break for a business. So these need to be picked up. Fortunately, you don't need to attend an MBA school. I've attended uh, a very good MBA school and I can tell you that you can get very close to business 101 knowledge from a website now compared to you know, going to a university. So worthy of investing that time. And most of these courses are like very short. They're like one month, sometimes even shorter. Mm-hmm. So how should one decide about the pricing? Like say, let's say uh, when I started or you started in you know 2011, the pricing was very different. You uh, you created a company and then the pricing changed. Obviously, your clientele has changed. So how does one who is starting out needs to understand his pricing and you know grow with uh, in the business? Should I give you the morally? Uh correct answer or the practically correct answer? I think uh, you are a very practical and a very honest person. So uh, even if it's a bitter pill, uh, give it to the people. The practically correct answer for the price is, uh, have you seen that movie once upon a time in Bombay, I think Ajay Devgan and uh, uh-huh. Kangna Ranaut. So Ajay Devgan wants to buy a gift for Kangna Ranaut. He's trying to impress her. Okay. Uh, you know, he want he want he wants to show her, his love towards her. Uh, so he doesn't have any place to buy the gift from. All the shops are closed. So he finds a uh, he finds a guy who's selling guava, Amrut Bechra. So he goes to the guava guy and says, "How much for this guava?" So the guava guy says, "Okay, whatever, fifty pesa." 
So Adhidevan says that, no, no, think that this was the best guava ever. He said, okay, five rupees. So he said, no, no, think this guava was used by, uh, you know, Shah Jahan and was given to Mumtaz. So he said, okay, hundred rupees. He said, no, think as if it's the last guava in the world. He said, 500 rupees. So Adhidevan gives him 500 rupees, takes the guava, goes to Kangana North and gives her. Kangana says, what is this? He said, this guava is worth 500 rupees. <laughs> so it's an expensive guava. It's a gift. <laughs> Same way, the pricing is the one which your client can afford. If your client can afford a 500 rupees guava, please charge him nothing less than 500 rupees. <laughs> okay, you don't need to sell for 50 pesos. <laughs> but um, so let's say if I am selling guava for 50 rupees, right? I know that I'm selling it for 50 rupees. That's that's my normal way of selling it, right? Yeah. yeah. Now the photographer would say, you know, I know a lot of vendors are selling the same guava or of right. better quality so, for 500 rupees. How do I get to reach so, from 50 to 500? But I'll answer your, one, of, one part of your question that you said a photographer knows the other guava sellers. So in my story, I missed out one important detail. When Ajay Devgan goes to buy that guava, there was only one guava seller in the entire area visible. In fact, there was, he was the only tailor visible in the entire area. So if you know that your client is not going around and asking 20 other people, clients, there are clients who do that. There are clients who will just come to you. They want to close it off. You know, at that point, you ought to be smart about it and figure what is the uh, maxima of this client's ex- uh, affordability. Mm-hmm. Right? And there is no shame in charging that because the client is willingly giving it to you. You're not forcing someone. You're not duping someone. You're being Correct. smart about it. Right? So that is one thing. Uh, understand what, uh, what sort of information has, does the client have. Now, if the client says that you have, he has a lot of information, then you've got to figure your relative pricing. And, and to answer the second part of your question, how do I take my relative pricing from 50 rupees to 500 rupees? I'm charging 500 while relatively others are charging even 50 rupees. How, how am I making that possible? That for me is again coming because of those three spheres. Either I'm innovating a lot, which competitor is. Or I'm a brand value, which is so big that while uh, LV also makes a branded luxury bag and a Burberry also makes a luxury bag and LV bag costs 2x and a Hermes bag will cost 4x of a Burberry bag. So within the same space, can I have my brand value escalated to a level, to the highest level? And the third thing would be a customer relationship. Uh, People still buy a Maruti car while a Hyundai is available. Same spec, same everything. Because they feel, no, Maruti has this customer relationship and a lot of service centers and things like that. You know, whatever goes into it. So these are three factors you need to differentiate consistently on all three. A mistake that people will do is they will only differentiate on the innovation factor and assume the rest should be taken care of. Or worse still, they'll only differentiate on the brand factor. They'll go around, call themselves a brand. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, I think this is this is a very uh, valuable and a very deep advice because uh, there are no shortcuts from going from fifty to five hundred rupees, right? The three things you yeah. have mentioned, you just can't ignore them or take them lightly at any stage of your any career. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. 
let's talk something lighter so how do you choose your team members let's say you you are 20 right now you want to go ahead and uh, want to be 25 or 30 people right so how how do you select the team member uh, in your team so you know we are both at uh, at a certain age in our life where uh, we have our fixed friend circle right but every once in a while there would be a new friend that will come in the friend circle and there would be some reasons why you will choose that friend you would not choose a friend because say he is an iitian and he is from mahmedabad and he has a he is has the best job in the world you don't choose friends based on that right so that's the same way we choose our team we don't choose them because they have a great portfolio mm-hmm. i mean there's so many people i not able to extend uh, uh, an offer or job offer at our company even if they have a stellar portfolio because somewhere i cannot see them as a friend i i don't see them fitting into the team in that sense mm-hmm. uh, this th- these are team our team spends possibly 50% of our yearly time you know if there are 84000 hours in the year or some whatever like that uh, you know we spend more than 50% together we are traveling together we bunk in the same rooms together we take holidays together so you need to be thoroughly compatible on a personal level again also i feel that you can train someone to become a good artist honestly yes, i don't true. think uh um i don't think ours is an art where you require some god gift to be a good photographer i i don't think so you can train mm. you can't train someone to uh, or or rather it's very difficult to train someone to change their personality to to sort Correct. of different other people so we choose the easy route we choose to train people who may or may not be that good at their art but those are people definitely we just we feel like friends from day one so it's very very easy then it's you know to go to the office and say hi hello to them yeah so if i understand correctly you look at a person's attitude and how he presents himself you know what's his overall uh, look in, in his uh, you know personality that's what more important because uh, like you even i believe that you know uh, photography is is very trainable you can uh, if a, if a person has certain sort of a talent then it can be groomed but if the personality yeah. is not matching your team teams that yeah. you or the way you present yourself uh, to the client if it is not matching that is very difficult to teach yeah exactly it's very difficult to groom the latter so uh, so being a senior uh, now i need your advice for upcoming photographers or uh, photographers who have a very less experience so what would be your three four go to methods to acquire a client let's say if you are starting out you know but you have that knowledge of for uh, last 7 8 10 years which you have spent in the industry so what would be your go to three four methods of acquiring new clients we have gone through the phase where we thought you know uh, tricks uh, in the bag are the salvation sources you know let's just get our seo right so that any time somebody searches top wedding photographer india and if my name shows up <laughs> that is it i've hit the jackpot i won the world cup and uh, to be honest by the way i actually managed to crack that there was six there was a six month stretch i remember in 2014 where uh, my seo ranking was in the top 3 which is very uh-huh. difficult to get uh-huh. uh but i realized that gimmicks will only take you so far correct so 
so so stop st- stay away from gimmicks stay away from clickbait trends you know if somebody is doing a uh, what do you say facetime photo shoot and you look at that shoot and you go nah it looks very normal you know it just looks like a momentary trend which somebody is trying to capitalize on stay away from it mm. don't put your energy you have only 24 hours in the day right? mm. uh, the second thing would be uh, you are your only competition um in photography world artists especially are very vulnerable we'll see someone else's work and we'll be like mine con case like i'm so bad how can how am i even a photographer if this person is shooting mm-hmm. but your only competition is the work that you did the last day you only mm-hmm. have to improve from there you can draw inspiration but definitely no demoralization don't draw demoralization from other people's work and the third thing would be that you have to differentiate or you have to find your calling in at least one space for example uh sabya sachi today if it comes to a red or a tone of red wedding lenga mm-hmm. sabya sachi is miles ahead of the others mm-hmm. right he may not be the best men's designer he may not be the best jewelry designer he may not be the best non red wedding lenga designer but when it comes to red guy has found his place same way we as photographers need to have at least one thing you it could be fine art portraits that could be your thing shoot everything else but when it comes to fine art portraits these guys are the best it could be innovation in tech if it comes to tech concepts these guys are the best mm. so you need to find one thing usually for most businesses no one thing is enough by the way you you don't need to go very far uh, beyond one thing to 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 become an expert in one thing takes a lot of time and effort okay so so i have another question over here so i i think this is a part of uh, branding right but but to market yourself it's it's a totally entire game like it, i might be very good at taking bridal portraits right but if i don't know how to market myself uh right. i would be lacking behind so i need to right. understand you know how to market myself and how to get new clients on the consistent basis i lost you in the last 5 seconds uh so what i was trying to say was uh, so how to acquire clients with your marketing skills because a lot of photographers are very good in marketing like they could do an average above average work and they could market themselves as uh, you know right. like anything and there are a lot of photographers who are struggling not because their art is struggling or their photography is is, is not up to the par it's just that they are not able to market themselves properly like like i gave an example you know a person felt that i could if i go to x number of wedding planning websites i could just yeah. get a lot of clients so the end result was he not even got a single uh, conversion right so uh in, when it comes to a lot of these planning websites uh, one needs to be careful about what you are choosing and if they are really promoting your work or not uh however i feel that instagram uh the algo works in a way that it rewards unique work i'll give you an example i'm following this artist called cash bunny c a c h e like uh, memory cash <laughs> so cash bunny so this chick was on uh, this is corona time so this, this is this, she's a vf artist based out of hollywood 
and she was on maybe some 20000 followers like 20 30 days ago and i found her work just going through uh through one of another like a film light or some some film film making uh instagram account which basically just only retweets and reshares other artists work and mm. i found this girl's work and i started following her. and i found her work to be very unique like very very innovative today she is at 140000 today in a matter of uh, 25 days and how did that happen once one website picked up the work then there was another website another website another website and she just started going viral and the work was actually so good it it was worthy of going viral so beyond a point your work will market itself your clients will just go gaga about it the websites will go gaga about it so your your work has to be of a very very high standard now to break that thrust barrier mm. number 1 but i feel that thrust barrier will be broken just hang in there the thrust barrier will be broken and once it's broken uh you won't have to sort of go around acquiring clients clients would come to you and to be honest in the long run that's a very good strategy otherwise you'll just uh, keep spending your time trying to think of ways on how how you can sort of outsmart your competition and acquire a client and it doesn't work out very well it takes away a lot of energy to to an area which deserves less energy mm-hmm. so so when you said you know you sit back uh, in a month or maybe in two months and you look at your um, you know where the branding is going where the marketing is going how how creatively you guys are working so what is your process of uh, analyzing your own things ah oh. Well, this is a very heavy question. <laughs> I'm still away from uh, from that day of the month, so I haven't given it a thought. Uh, we we so I'm fortunately I'm a finance guy, so I I have my parameters set. I I monitor my cash flow. Um, I monitor my receivables. Uh, I mean, it's 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 going to become a, a mini what do you say finance lessons lesson, but. i monitor those two things what's the other thing that we do so marketing we, marketing is an ongoing activity to be honest we we uh, we always keep our eyes and ear open uh, on how we can market ourselves uh, on a new avenue uh, but you, fortunately there's a team dedicated to that i don't i don't take out a day in the month to do it there's a team which solely focuses on how to get our work across to the world mm-hmm. i actually don't look into it to be honest But so yeah. in, in an uh, like, do you can you put uh, any example like this is what you observed, you guys, and then you know you made a made a change, and then you saw some results. You know, maybe that would oh, be cash, easier to cash flow. Cash flow is one of the big ones. You know, the the, the account receivable uh, uh, in in photography industry. Uh, most photographers work on very heavy uh, uh, tail end payments, which would mean that say they have to collect. sometimes as high as 50% balance on delivery of the album mm-hmm. now what happens is say you are client number 1 was your 10 rupees and there are 10 such clients so there there is a 100 rupee receivable which is getting received a year on an average after the wedding because clients take sometimes their own sweet time to come back on the albums and things like that so that 100 rupees that should have been with you on january 1st of the year is coming to you on december 31st of the year 
if it if that money had come and you had put it in stock market gold whatever it is you could have earned 8 10% out of it right mm-hmm. on a good year that means you have lost about 8 to 10 rupees now if your total business the total revenue of out of those 10 clients was 200 rupees 100 was paid 100 was receivable you have lost 8 rupees mm. right which means you've lost about 5 6% worth of business if you were doing 20 weddings you'll have to do 22 weddings or 21 weddings if you were doing 40 weddings you'd have to do 42 weddings just to cover up for your receivables mm-hmm. right I, i i think that's that's a lot like 5 8 10% receivables in a in a given year is a lot of money Uh, stuck in the system so please uh, you know don't don't think of it as oh i i will get that money you are losing uh, interest value on that capital every time you don't collect it so so what's the what's your uh, recommendation or your own strategy to to deal with this like you, you got to keep pushing the clients to finish work you got to have a solid contract in place that covers for such delay clauses for example if you, if you the client doesn't come back to us with the changes we will consider them final after xyz days Mm-hmm. uh you you got to be shameless in asking about the money because it is something that you've worked towards uh, and you've got to have some sort of a reminder system a lot of apps available which will send you auto reminders that such and such thing is pending a simple to do app will do the job to be honest can you uh, take us through your workflow process like uh, pre booking and uh, post booking how how you guys handle everything um anything more specific in that or just very like overall the normal the normal workflow let's say a client uh, an inquiry has dropped in in your in your email so how does that process starts and how does it leads to delivery like the entire workflow of it we love uh, you know speaking to clients one on one at any stage every client like i think all of us are all of us are very social people in that sense in the team so we'll request for a phone call we'll speak mm-hmm. to them we'll get to know them uh sometimes good things come out of that you know we we're able to suggest them ideas or we're able to hear their ideas sorry one second i think my gopro is conked off so we are only left with one angle sorry <laughs> stop sorry. it no i think my gopro is gone oh wait oh yeah it's like 3% so we'll be only left with one angle <laughs> now No, But I think this angle is okay. I'm seeing it. It is looking okay to me. Ah, okay, okay. No, no issues. No issues. Yeah, you're talking about the. Yeah. Work. So, so we 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 want to talk to them on phone calls. That's number one. Number two, we customize each and every quote for every inquiry. It's a painful task because uh, clients have very very specific requirements. It takes a lot of time to prepare quotations. We do that. Uh, once the thing is locked, the. Uh, I mean, by then we'd either met them once or twice already, or if you're talking on phone, we try to arrange a meeting wherever they are, wherever we are, at least online. And then it's like a lengthy discussion on what's their story, what do they want out of wedding picture. Sometimes we end up suggesting things that are implemented at a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, then closer to the wedding date, we are still in touch. Uh, we try and do a pre-wedding shoot if possible. It gives us a great. window to get to know them opportunity mm. to get to know them once the shoot is done uh we or during the shoot we try and uh, speak to the key 
stakeholders we don't shy away from talking to the mums and the dads and the chachas and the chachis in the family mm. uh, because it's also a deliverable for them and once the thing is done we try our level best to stay in touch to explain to them what we are doing uh, when can they expect their pictures if there is a delay why there is a delay mm. and last thing we take feedbacks we take the harsher feedbacks more seriously like we actually go out sometime the client has expressed some sort of a shortcoming in our work which so is lesser cases but even if they did they are completely honest we go out we ask them tell us what where we went wrong try to fix it or at least make a lesson out of it and uh, better ourselves so one last question uh, about uh, you know sonam kapoor wedding so tell us what can you tell us about that like it's a um, you can't talk about it or it's okay oh, to- i can talk about it now i guess uh in fact today morning a uh, facebook uh, memory thing showed up on my facebook feed anniversary May- yeah on on so yesterday was the wedding day and the reception uh and may 9th which is today technically the reception concluded on may 9th at 4 am in the morning at least for me it concluded at 4 am <laughs> and sharuk and salman and mika were still dancing so i was but i i i was just on my feet for the i had woken up that morning at 6:15 or something like that so it had been a 22 hour day so i called it a day uh and that that is exactly how that wedding was <laughs> it was a 22 hour day started at 6 in the morning there was anand karaj which is an early morning uh ceremony sikh ceremony uh so you 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 got to be like right there you know you got to be hitting the fourth gear at 9 in the morning is very difficult when you've had a long evening before that and by the wedding by the time the wedding was done i still remember i was at the venue where the wedding was done and uh, there was all media lined up in bandra bandstand and my only goal or directive at that time was i have to give a media release picture before anybody in the world releases a picture of her in that red dress because you know it has to be a professional picture coming out first mm-hmm. and there were like 200 people with their cell phones there clicking and my my directive was look if xyz person has updated it before you you're done <laughs> you're gone <laughs> so <laughs> race against time mission impossible i got down i I was editing full force, and it was a very eventful day. But uh, Sonam, as a person, I was, uh, uh, you know, I, I wasn't expecting her to be the kind of bright chilla that she is. She is generally a very well-read, very chilled-out person. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't. She was a delight to work with. Uh, no, no demands. Uh, no demands except for I don't want to give video sound bites. I face the camera for a living. I don't want to be doing that. for my wedding film fair enough other than that such a cooperative bride uh, took the time out very happy person also in general on the wedding mm-hmm. day most most brides have the jitters so yeah i i i feel more i i feel like i i, I should get the opportunity some day to share the behind the scenes but uh, i wish more weddings are like that so so you were not contract bound to not share the pictures or she was pretty much okay you know even if you 
I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay, so so what was um, uh, your team size shooting a wedding? Yeah, in Sonam's. Yeah, Sonam's. You were like six people, I think. So this uh, team was designed by you, or it was a part of the requirement to have a smaller team. So like, how, what was actually uh, the scenario? It was an Anand Karaj happening at home. Mm-hmm. so more than 6 would start to look like a crowd uh, that was one thing i knew there was no there was no requirement set from there and we could have brought in 20 people easily uh, but that would have just made our process very complicated for ourselves um and we went and just with the right size team even in the party you don't want you don't want people disturbed be it sonam or be it any other client you don't you don't want to disturb them with the because when you're clicking in a in a Banquet, which is dimly lit, you're bound to use flash, mm-hmm. right? So that will just kill the mood. I mean, you've seen the videos of that evening, and it was mm-hmm. dimly lit. That was the whole vibe. So we went in with a smaller team and worked out and just you, fine, actually. And you were the only team. There were no other teams uh, shooting the wedding or any other. No, you're the only. That team. also makes uh, uh, you know. the job easier as well as the pictures turn out uh, better because if there are more than one team shooting over there even if uh, let's say you are yeah. five six people and there is another team with five six people you end up with uh, 12 15 people uh, still uh, shooting a wedding yeah then you need to be like super organized like akash and shloka's wedding uh we we had multiple teams shooting uh which are hired from like different different uh, parties but fortunately all of us all the teams mm. there were there was a meeting that was convened where all of us got down and decided to the t where our spots will be when the feras are going on and things like that uh so then that level of planning is required then you can't just show up at the venue and wing it so mm. akash and shloka's wedding was is a different it's a case study on its own <laughs> yeah because uh, i guess their wedding was shot by multiple teams and then yeah. uh, it was more of a you know the planning would be required to shoot with multiple immense teams. amount of planning in yeah. immense amount of planning and i can assure you all the teams uh, we've got great results all of us so if you if if uh, that's why i'm saying it's a case study that how can multiple agencies doing the same work come together and still produce good result um i mean to just share a simple thought with you it the faira mandap is one place where a photographer is usually one of the only ones except for the pandit who's in the mandap uh-huh. every wedding that we've shot so far 2 300 plus weddings photographer is allowed at the mandap there's no question about that but then uh-huh. this was the only weddings so till date where we consciously decided we will not be within 40 feet radius of the mandap 40 feet is a big distance mm when you're shooting a wedding fera the 40 feet immediately meant we needed to figure out our position we need to figure out our angles and mm. we need to figure out our lensing so there were i remember there was a 600 mm there were lots of 400 mm <laughs> so i think i i somewhere remember an 800 mm also i i i think there was an 800 mm somewhere so very interesting case study you know uh, when the varmala is going on how many people will be standing close by to the couple correct there were very strict numbers decided so yeah good good uh, good fun 
So, so approximately how many uh, people were shooting, uh, you know, that oh. I think all the teams included. So Reliance has Reliance had their own team, uh, and then there were two or three other teams, and total was there must have been around in that wedding venue. Hundred and fifty cameras, but these are all all related to wedding photography, not for the coverage, like you know, not the live. Everything, everything. There was live. I mean, I count that. I count a camera as a camera because you know, if you are in some other camera's uh, field of view, mm. then that means that you need to communicate with that cameraman and you know plan out both things. So yeah, hundred and fifty odd cameras. So Sonam Kapoor's uh, wedding was more than kind of an intimate wedding, right? Because uh, very limited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how did you uh, landed up uh, Sonam's wedding? So like how how did it all started? Again, this is one of those things I will not be able to comment on. <laughs> but uh, we were picked uh, by someone in the family, and we were picked for the work. It was there was a thorough uh, sort of viewing session after which decisions were made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously not into the details, but. Uh, Like you were recommended from the Kapoor's family, someone from the Kapoor's friend circle, or the. I that would be tough to answer. I I think I now have to revisit my uh, uh, NDA. But uh, we were yeah yeah we were we were in touch with, with with the Kapoor's because they are from Bombay. The Anand's are from uh, Ahuja's are from uh, Delhi. Mm-hmm. So we were in touch with the Kapoor's, but yeah, we we went. It was a long process of coming on board. Okay. So a lot of uh, because the reason why I'm asking this question is a lot of lot of people uh, you know make assumptions and presumptions you know okay how can I land a celebrity wedding it really doesn't matter what they uh, have shooting their first thought is you know how can I land up celebrity wedding and they don't realize that these are the most difficult weddings to shoot as well as uh, you know to deliver <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I said. You know, when when you use the term client acquisition, that's again one of the things you 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 can only do so much to acquire a client. It would be very very nice if you can figure out a way how the client finds you. Give the client a reason to pick you, rather than chase uh, the client into picking you. It's in Sonam's case, I can definitely tell you that we 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 didn't spend days and hours and weeks. You know, just trying to get into their books. It happened organically. Yeah, so that tough is, part yeah. was it. Yeah, so that that's that's what my point initially was. You know, how did you get a Sonam's wedding? Because it is more of, it was not a, some kind of a PR activity where you had a guy, you know, who is uh, you know hunting for uh, celebrities and then you know some uh, wedding lands up. It's it's more it's more organic uh, reach and then you know you're slowly your works. Your work reaches uh, a certain segment of people, a certain type of people, where you start getting recommendations. If if I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Word of mouth plays a very very strong thing, you know, and that's brilliant, right? It's uh, it's exponential marketing almost, because one client is relating, uh, it has such a big circle, and you you can just put that on auto mode. So, the the actual fight is getting from zero to one, not one to ten. Mm-hmm. and 0 to 1 takes time unfortunately there's no shortcut if there was somebody would have exploited that shortcut 
Yeah, but I guess you threw uh, a good light on those three elements which you mentioned initially in our conversation. Like you need to work on those three things and slowly build up yourself and keep on improving on all the three aspects which you mentioned. Yeah. Okay. So last tip on uh, networking. How should a photographer network, uh, whether among the photographers or in general? What is the intent of networking? Our networking intent is to uh, grow your business, uh, to know more people, how people are working. So like this is also kind of a networking, right? Although we know each other very well, we, we talk about anything or everything. But let's say in a given scenario, if a, a person, a photographer who is only on Instagram or only on social media, uh, how a photographer should network uh, with other photographers and with uh, you know other people so that it helps him grow in his business whether it's art or business side so on the art side uh, I, I don't think that is hidden that you know you can just literally ping any photographer in the world I mean Roger Deakins for that matter I understand started taking some live sessions right now one or two days ago Roger Deakins the guy in international film cinematography Mm. is right now available for free on Instagram live. Mm. So that takes care of the reaching out for the intent of learning purpose. There is enough information, free information out there. Mm. Reaching out to other photographers for business, according to me, doesn't make sense. I cannot give business to some other photographer and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Reaching out to clients for business is an activity which I, I've heard of one or two of those models where young photographers like 25, 26, 27 year old are hanging out with uh, at venues like clubs or party areas or restaurants where they find clients of similar age group. But then again, the window of that kind of networking is also one or two or three years. After a while, all those people will get married and you'll be too old to network with them. Mm. So then it comes down to your work. And Work cannot be networked. You cannot show up even at a networking event and tell an event planner or tell a client that, hey, listen, you know, while we are just before dinner, while we have those 10 minutes, why don't I show you these photos on my iPad? Maybe we can be friends. It fucking doesn't work that way. Uh, go to a networking event, you make your friends, you come back, it's okay. So you, you don't expect business from it. And honestly, I don't think much of my business comes out of networking from any of these events. But uh, these, uh, event management companies or wedding planners, uh, uh, does this networking doesn't help uh, you get uh, into the business or you know grow your business? So the good wedding planners are also online. They are actively looking, or their team is actively looking through people who are doing good work. They have a database. They maintain that. Mm -hmm. uh, they and they keep updating that database. Mm -hmm. That I can tell you for sure. So right now, as you and I speak, some wedding planner in India is evaluating your website and saying, okay, I don't know him, but I will reach out to him and I will recommend him if everything goes okay. Mm -hmm. that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point. Right. So you don't need to sort of reaffirm for that, from that person, you know, let me figure out where that person lives or sits or what he, which, which conferences he attends and let me just somehow get to go introduce myself to him. It sounds too needy, too pushy. Uh, 
you don't need to do that to be honest he is anyways doing it for you mm-hmm. so i i guess what you're trying to say is that uh, uh, do the good work maintain your website properly professionally um, your maybe your social media handles as well uh, but you are not recommending uh, these conferences where a lot of photographer community or wedding community uh, hangs out they they do you don't feel that sort of a networking helps I'll tell you what happens in these conferences. Partying happens in these conferences, and I'll tell you why partying happens. Because you get to meet friends from the fit, from the industry, from the that's wedding industry, mm-hmm. outside of professional setup. So that's a reason to celebrate. Mm-hmm. That's not a reason to network. That's a reason to just celebrate. <laughs> so that's that's the long and short of these conferences. Okay, so we had an hour-long conversation. I'll I'll trim it down to an acceptable range, obviously. So before we leave, uh, Anand, why don't you share your uh, website, uh, your social media handles? I'll put it in the description. Just share it with okay. us. Okay, this is the good part. I'm marketing. My team tells me I must market myself. <laughs> Everybody who's hearing this, so big, big thanks to the Navdeep Soni show to bring me on board for this. Big thanks to Navdeep for taking the effort out uh, because it is painstaking work uh, getting all this together, and I know that. Uh, our website is reelsandfames. dot in the and is a n d r w e l s a n d f r a m e s reelsandfames. dot in is website. Instagram is reelsandfames. Uh, Twitter is same reelsandfames. Uh, please write to us anytime if you have any personal questions. Uh, please do mention that this was from the Navdeep Soni show. And I'd be super happy to answer them. Awesome, awesome! And I can assure everyone who is listening and watching this, uh, he's definitely going to respond to you. So uh, go ahead, put in your queries in the comments or contact him directly, and we'll get back to you. So okay, Anand. So uh, let's wind this up. Thank you so much for your time, and in such a short notice, you were available. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Navdeep. Thanks. You have a good one. Yeah. Bye bye.